Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show I have a friend of mine who's written a transformational novel which is called A Curious Year in the Great Vivarium Experiment. So before we get into explaining exactly what that is and what that experience, uh, the experiment is all about, uh, I just want to remind you that once the show is over, don't forget to click the link that's below this video so that you can download the free ebook version of my best-selling book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. So let me introduce my special guest today, Tim Shields. How are you, Tim? Great. How are you? I am fantastic. <clears throat> now, uh, you, uh, I actually met you through Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, and uh, we were working on his, uh, his book project at that time. And uh, and you have your own book coming out now, which is which is very curious <laughs> that we need to get into. But uh, before we start talking about that, why don't we uh, get you to talk a little bit about your background and what it is that you do? Well, I was uh, most of my career I spent in marketing and advertising, but um, I got the opportunity to um, edit, uh, collaborate on a blog, and then um, edit this person's book and. Uh, and then that just turned into other opportunities. So I, I quit the nine to five, uh, I think November, 2016. And um, <clears throat> I had been working on my own book for about six or seven years. So, um, so far, knock on something, <laughs> I left the corporate world behind. And, you know, right now I just took off from Seattle. I'm living in San Miguel de Ande, Mexico, um, to start working on my next book, right. which follow up to the, the first one. Right. So, uh, like I said, it, it's 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 a transformational novel. Um, what uh, tell us the the inspiration behind writing the book, and what does the title mean? Well, I'm not sure if it's uh, so much as an inspiration as an inciting incident. But um, I had about a, a decade of sick parents, so my mother passed away. Um, instead of going home to New Jersey for my vacations, I decided this is my time, and um, I had been working on a book um, as a book proposal and I kept rewriting it and putting it out into the world and pulling it back and pulling it back and when that was done I <clears throat> I was uninterested in the story so and my mother had just passed away and you know it changes your whole life so I just I wound up buying a one-way ticket to India and I said I'm gonna go find the story so um, I had enough money to travel for about three or four months and uh, I was just doing this gratitude and intention exercise every day. And 15 months later, I came home with more money than I left with, volunteered for a guy who won the equivalent of two Nobel Prizes, worked as a photographer's assistant, all sorts of magic right. as a result of that exercise. So what do you think was the contributing factor to you um, being able to you know, come back to life that was better than it was before you left? Um, well, I mean... Anybody who who travels, especially solo travel, um, realizes what a transformational experience it is because it's just you and the unknown, and there is nobody nobody to take care of you, nobody to fend for yourself, and you're forced to uh, you know come up with solutions, and you know you have to force yourself to meet people if you want connection, you know. So it just it just expands you in in a whole new way dimension that is not possible going to your job every day you know and so why did you choose india um somebody had just when i was home for my mother's uh service 
a friend of my sister's was just like, okay, well, if you want to write, you should go somewhere cheap, like Dharamsala, India. And I was like, uh, okay. And um, didn't think much more about it, but then all of a sudden it just started showing up everywhere. You know, pe conversations with people, um, taxi drivers, etc. And I just was like, all right. And it was cheap. You know, <laughs> I needed someplace that was pretty cheap. And I was just like, all right, here goes nothing. Bought a one-way ticket to India without a Lonely Planet guidebook, without a plan. Um, the first two days, I was like, <laughs> a huge mistake, just like in a hotel room, like in the middle of New, New Delhi, like just like, what have I gotten myself into? It was a terrible idea, but it all unfolded from there. Right. And so, what was uh, some of the like? I, I mean, India is an interesting choice. I know it, it is a very spiritual country, and, and yes, it's cheap. Uh, you probably discovered why when you got there, uh, <laughs> you know. And you know, I, I had I know a lot of friends that have been there. But um, what do you think was one of the most um, unexpected surprises that you received by making that move? Well, <clears throat> I wound up volunteering for this guy who's won the equivalent of two Nobel prizes, and he's probably one of the the world's most important environmental lawyers. He sued the state of India over the course of 20 years to create a green zone around the Taj Mahal. And um, I met this one American scientist over there who said this guy's probably the most important uh, lawyer in India since Gandhi. Hmm. And I just got to hang out with him for like two months. And, you know, I was I, I just was going to volunteer and this opportunity showed up. I thought I'd be sweeping floors or learning how to make hospital corner beds, you know, and um, Turns out he needed a grant writer, so I hadn't written grants, but I'm like, well, I'm a writer, so I can figure it out. So I just got to hang out with him for two months and just trail him everywhere. Like he would go on, you know, TV shows, like talking against industry and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting in the studio like, what the hell did this happen? This is incredible. And I just, um, he was just such a man of principle and vision and service. And to be able to just hang out with this guy as a guy, not as this, you know, huge public figure. Um, it was just so inspiring and simple and focused on his mission. Mm. It was really incredible. Yeah. Right. So, um, so who did you write the book for and what is the, you know, what is it that you're hoping that the reader gains from actually going through your book? Well, I suppose in a sense, I wrote it for myself. Um, but uh, but I've always known that as a writer, I have to go deep to pull up, to pull out those things, you know, for for other people, and and it's been my sort of vision and my service uh, to to do, to be able to tell these stories that hopefully make people think, feel, and act, and inspire them to do things. So. Um, I, uh, there's a, a wind chime blowing. I hope that's not too loud. <laughs> I know it's lo it's lovely backdrop music. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I just always knew I needed to do it. And I knew that if you wanted to write about big things, you had to have big experiences. And I always knew I had to do this, this giant trip, you know, and, and maybe it was for me to confront my fears because a lot of the book is about overcoming your fears and overcoming the self. And, I mean, I hope that people, I mean, so far the reception has been incredible and better than I ever could have imagined. And, you know, my goal as a writer is for other people to see themselves in my experience, you know, and also it's, it is my story, but it's not my story. I'm just kind of the messenger for this, 
bigger message. And I've been fortunate to have like two incredible mentors um, um, who have given me a toolbox of language to be able to express this for other people. So, so, so what is a great Fabarian experiment? <coughs> what, what, what does that mean? Well, um, there's this permanent art installation near where I live in, in Seattle in the Seattle Sculpture Garden. It's part of the uh, art museum. And I was, I was in there one day and it, it's this nurse log that had fallen and they had created this structure around it that simulates the natural environment. And I, on my way home, I would always just walk through there. And one day I was in there and I was like, oh my God, this is the concept. You know, I, I asked the guy what the vivarium was and then I looked up the definition and uh, the definition is a, um, a place that's, um, gosh, used for uh, place for animal, live animals or plants um, simulating their natural environment as for research. Right. And I was thinking, and I was like, this is our life's journey. Inside the journey, inside the vivarium is our life's journey, but outside it is a much bigger thing, it's, which is consciousness, which is the organizing principle of matter and how we're all connected. So um, obviously the, the year takes place in exactly, uh, I mean, the book takes place in exactly one year. And um, so inside the vivarium is our life's journey and that's for research, it's for screwing up, it's for learning, it's for growing, you know, hopefully moving towards our spiritual selves. And um, yeah, I, I kind of lost my, I kind of lost my train of thought, but you get, you get the point there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, from what it sounds like, it's like, this is, you know, even though we're having this one year, which is like the, a petri dish of of our life, but it, it's part of a bigger a bigger thing. But it's yeah, something that you've been able to really focus on and being able to share that experience to help others and elevate consciousness, yeah. which um, fantastic. Sorry to cut you off, but um, the inside the vivarium, the experiment was that I was doing this gratitude intention journal, and I had no itinerary. I had no idea. I only had a bunch of fear that I was trying to overcome. So the experiment was uh, seeing what unfolds when you use gratitude and intention to pave this path. Right. So what do you believe is, uh, you know, people should do to be able to move through fear? I mean, obviously you face your fear by, you know, moving to India. I don't think everyone needs to move to India to be able to do that. And I'm sure you agree. But, um, you know, what are some of the hints that you or, or tips you can give to people for those that are, that are facing fear in their life? Well, I kind of learned sort of, uh, I, have, I have a thing with buffaloes and I just learned something interesting about them. Um, and it's that buffaloes run into the storm as opposed to running away from the storm. And I think most of us all our lives are trying to run away from the storm, whatever that is. And I know I have, I know I have been for many, you know, many years and it's like, you can't run away, you have to face it. And it's almost, you know, when you face this thing and you move into it and through it, you realize whatever whatever that is in your own personal life, like that's that's not as big as I thought it was. And that is just a tool for me to expand and to grow and you know ascend or whatever. And um, so I would say, you know, doing things that um, uh, my mother was like this beautiful but very Catholic, fearful woman. And, um, you know, she kind of had Alzheimer's and dementia and um, couldn't really speak that much anymore. And my sister always says like, maybe the things, maybe a lot of the things you do 
you've done to swing that pendulum of fear. Like I took off and volunteered at uh, an orphanage in Tanzania. I started a band when I couldn't really play guitar. Like I did improv and, you know, all these things were like terrifying to me. But um, so I don't know. I, I think like by moving into the fear and facing the fear, you can't help but grow. Hmm. And that's what we're doing here, I think, right? Absolutely. <laughs> every minute of every day, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, can you share an experience that you had in India that was really like, you know, transforming for you? <clears throat> um, like, I don't know if I can pinpoint one exact experience. experience. I mean, I spent the first three months in India and then I was all over Southeast Asia. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, I, I just the transformative thing was writing these things in my journal and seeing them appear in my life. Like sometimes I was so connected, they would show up by like the end of the day. Um, and, um, you know, just really seeing the power of gratitude and intention just to shape our external reality. And that our state of being is our, I mean, our, our external world is a reflection of our, you know, if you're a miserable person all the time, you're going to have miserable experiences in your external world. So, um, I mean, the book is about overcoming the self and overcoming that fear. Mm. So, uh, you know, you just, you jump into the fear. It's the only way. It's the only way. And so what has your experience has been as a result of jumping into that fear? Um, what's on the other side? Um, love, connection, freedom, um, the fruition of your dreams. I mean, I've been, I've been thinking about this since I was like seven, thinking about writing this book since I was like 17 years old. And I, I think the, um, I, I kind of wrote that the power of the dream, this 17-year-old kid who wanted to be a writer, it was like, shooting a grappling hook from the past into the future. And although I took a very long and zigzaggy way to get there, that power of that intention was just pulling me forward all the time, you know, and, and but it has to be, you know, fueled. It has to be refueled all the time with staying on point of what you actually want to do. And I don't know. I mean, I always knew I could do this, but, there was that fear and like, this is never going to happen and I'm stuck and I'm in debt and I'm stuck in the corporate world, you know, but I think you just, you keep going and you keep going and then, you know, using tools like the mind movie and um, Dr. Joe's work and stuff like that. Um, it, it helps keep you on point. And um, really, I mean, I started doing Dr. Joe's work in 2010 and that's really kind of when my life started to change. Hmm. And I committed, I really committed to meditating like every day, probably like 2014, maybe 2015. And the moment I got back from my first advanced workshop, everything started lining up to bring this book to fruition. And actually in one of my mind movies, I was like, I want to create a mentor. And Dr. Joe shows up in my life. So it's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's so amazing. Tim, uh, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciated chatting to you. Now, if people want to connect with you or get their hands on the book, where, where can we send them to do that? Um, acuriousyear.com uh, is my website, and there's a beautiful uh, trailer that was shot in India on it. And um, my Instagram is ink, I-N-K, and edit, like a writer, ink and edit. 
Facebook.com. You can find me on Facebook. Um, you can also put into Facebook the being experiment, which is something I kind of created and they can learn about that, but it's about creating a, a state of being and embodying that throughout the day. Um, so uh, yeah, a curious is the best is the best way though. And Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Tim. It's been awesome chatting to you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Now, guys, I encourage you, please share this video. Let's get the word out. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Now, you can click either the banner to the side or the link underneath this video to go directly through to Tim's website so you can find out more. And uh, don't forget, after all of that is over, click the link below that so that you can download the free ebook version of my best-selling book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.